what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbert, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. You know what I can't wait for? A lot of things. To be a weekend warrior. (laughs) (laughs) You totally staged that. No, I actually did. I thought of it right now. I was like, we're talking shenanigans, so I'm going to be funny. And I just pulled up the hoodie because I was wearing a really cool hoodie. What is that? Yeah. Uh, A guy in Wisconsin. Let me see if I can find his page real. It's either Wisconsin or Minnesota. Stockton to fly. Minnesota. uh, Yeah. Stockton fly to fame. And this dude literally just like cranks up like awesome, like fish, fish portraits and stuff. And I saw the hoodie because Josh Douglas wears them, and I saw one of his pages. Oh, that's where I've seen it. Yeah, and I was like, man, I need that hoodie. So I bought it. Like, this one's sweet. It says Crank a Tank. Crank a Tank. That's awesome. And he draws it all, too. So it's not like digitally drawn up. So he he draws everything like sweet fish portraits and crap. So, yeah. You know uh you know who makes some sick apparel that I wish I had money left over to just spend on splurge on things is uh the Atchigan brand. Yeah, oh yeah. Talking about? They're awesome apparel, awesome smallmouth apparel. Yeah, yeah, they're like a very smallmouthy brand. They have the smallmouth podcast, like legit just about smallmouth. Yeah, which I'm a big fan of. I, I dip in on specific episodes from them. Um, but they have they have they do a bunch of collab posts with uh oh what's his name? He's like a who's who's your state fishing or something like that. Who's your fishing? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, dude, he's freaking hilarious. Huh. Like he's one of my favorite Instagram pages to watch is because the reels that he makes, I'm like, one, this this takes time. Like he obviously puts in a lot of effort behind this, like in order to oh, make these like fake mullets, like he's like like dealing with like or Passing by the crackhead going down the river or something like that. Like, it's just the funniest stuff ever, which everyone thinks about, but no one thinks, like, hey, this will make yeah. great content. The, the dude's great at social media. What's his name? I think it's what, Derek Burton, right? Is that his name? I don't, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I am disrespectful to his uh, social media performance and not knowing his name, but I, I know his Instagram name, anyways, his username. But yes, yeah. he's really good. I'm really funny. It, it is Derek. I just pulled it up. It's freaking hilarious. Like some of he's, awesome. he's, got yeah, like... he's so good. And he's got a beautiful mustache. Oh yeah, mustache and mullet, rocket. Mm-hmm. Just... Well, the mullet's fake. Yeah, party on Garth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, folks, uh, <laughs> another Friday show for you guys. Uh, as you can tell, no guest for today. You guys are stuck with Andy and I. Uh, we've been liking doing these things, and we're definitely going to incorporate these way more into the year. Uh, today's show, we really didn't even come in with like a topic or like, here's what we're going to talk about tonight. We kind of just we're going to riffraff. We're going to see where the night goes because today, I'll be I'll be honest with you, I am whooped. I have editing still to do for the rest of the night, and I'm going back fishing uh, tomorrow. Uh, and all day today, I was doing a photo shoot uh, with the fine folks over at TH Marine. Uh, great time over there a lot of fun cool content coming on th marines page uh and some cool products as well that i can't uh expel of yet um i don't know is expel the right word 
Expose. Expose. Yeah, yeah. Expose. Definitely. Expel. You can tell you, <laughs> you have fish on the brain and you've been on the water all day. You're like numb between the ears. I get it. I know Dude, that, that sun after a long day in the water is something else, man. Yeah. It'll knock you out more than like 10 beers. You know, let's get on a tangent here. What is worse, the frigid cold or the sun? Uh, sun, 1000%. Uh, maybe it's my northern blood, but I will. After a long day on the water in the cold, I'm way less tired than a long day in the heat. Yeah, I I agree with that until you hike like six or seven miles in the cold and you can't breathe because it's so cold and like dry. Then you get in the truck and you turn the heat on and you're just like. <laughs> oh, or, or when or when you go to load up, so you have the truck running and you're loading, you're getting everything up and you, and you keep the truck running. And then you sit in it and it's warm. You're like, yes, <laughs> seat warmers. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a little cozy here for a minute. Dude, to, in, my, in my mind, one of the most amazing feelings in fishing, tournament or not, are those days of the year that aren't like too cold, but yeah. they're like a little bit chilly in the morning. Like the, like the days where you can go sun pants, hoodie, and flip-flops. The most comfortable days. There's nothing better than getting up turn uh not well tournament morning too, but like in the morning and going fishing. But like that's like you're you wake up and you go outside and it's like, ah, oh, this is this is just right. This is perfect. yes, yeah. Like, Whereas I'm not sweating like I am in Florida. Like for my YouTube people, this is what I had to endure today. <laughs> I have my farmer's tan rocking on. Watch out, full throttle. Give Bailey two more days, and he's gonna be coming through the wall like the Kool Aid Man and screaming, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, dude, it's oh, just like the, the the reel you just posted, right? Like, as people are listening to this, if they saw the reel, just endless shenanigans when it's just Bailey and I. We um, you never know what's happening next, especially with me or what I'm going to say. So, like, I guess that's part of the experience of, like, booking a guide trip with me. You just don't know what you're getting into until you get on the boat. So, it's educational. It's fun. We're going to laugh. I might sing off key and out of tune just for some <laughs> random song, and it will be stuck in the in your head the rest of the day. But that's okay. It's worth the price of admission, and we'll catch some big smallmouth. So, it's a good time. That's it's a good. Yeah, if, point, if you ever it? want a sales pitch, like <laughs> full of, full of mystery fishing guide service. Yes, you, you <laughs> don't know what you don't know what the day entails until the day is over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Today, uh, after I got done filming, uh, I went uh, and filmed a video, and boy, did I get my fix in a punch punching today. Oh, I'm jealous. Like straight up, only fish for probably two. Well, when I look at the GoPro footage, I I thought I was fishing for four hours. I was technically, from the moment I started the GoPro, which is when I launched, to the moment I stopped the GoPro, which was when I got off. It was like two hours and like fifteen minutes, something like that. And uh, dude, I caught like twenty fish, had uh, two over five pounds, a four and a half, and a three. Punch. Just rub it in. Just rub it in. Like, and I caught one swimming a worm. Ooh, like, that's fun. fun. It was fun. Is speed heck. worm or cutter worm? That is the question. Neither. Oh, okay. a bitters worm. Oh, hey, can you give me some of those and bring them home? 
dude, I ordered Mui put me onto him and I think I ordered probably 30 packs. So yeah, yeah. I should oh I hope I hope I don't have any left, being that uh, the, yeah. the bite on Harris chain, hopefully that's gonna be good next week. But yeah, uh, if not, then I will give you some. Schnupp and I were talking earlier, talking about Lure Lab, and that's what we're talking about, speed worms on Saturday. And he was talking about the bitters worms. And I was like, ooh, I got to ask Bailey if he can get me some. And then you said it. I was like, ooh, <laughs> winner. <laughs> yeah. Because I just, I don't know, like swimming a worm has become fun. Like I really look forward to, to the end of June where I can go swim one around here. In Very. Big ones. I honestly don't catch a lot of – I've been throwing a decent amount the past two years, and I, I don't catch a lot of big ones, like actually swimming it at a yeah. relatively fast speed. It's just hopping. It's, it's crawling it or you're dragging it, and you're just you're waiting to feel like when there's holes in the grass, and you, then you kill it. Yeah. and Because when you bring it up, it's not like a, a Senko where it's just kind of like a super lazy and it comes up. Get that tail. The tail, yeah, the tail kicks and it gives a little bit of action where it's like sometimes you can bring it up and it's like boom, rings the dinner bell. But it's like it's a super interesting bite because especially here in Florida, like when you work that thing super slow, like a lot of people they do they they use speed worms, so people think that they're like covering water. But a lot, what a lot of guys do, uh, that I actually picked up from a trip down here last year is guys will throw those big speed worms, but they'll just slowly drag them through the grass. And when those fish pick up on them, it's a really ferocious bite. But if you set the hook right away, you're going to miss every single one. Yeah, you have to let it's them literally, chew. It's literally, it's a dong, and you reel, so you're slacking. Like, like if you go one, two, your line's taut, three, four, and then swing. Like, it's maybe not at four seconds, but, like, there's times, dude, where, like, you can give them three seconds, and you still miss them because they only have half of it in their mouth. Stupid like it's fish. Yeah. It's, it's a weird bite, but, it like, you can give them a little bit, a little while. And like, you just like, it's what's super cool is it. And what I like about it, especially when fun fishing or practice, it teaches you patience with yeah. bites, which I think is super cool. Cause then you can literally, you're just watching your line go like this and they're just like biting on it further and further. And you're like, do I set now? Do I set now? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yet. When I do I set? Will he yet. set? <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I, all I remember is that one tournament we fished last June. And I was I'm like, I'm going to, sw- I'm going to swim a worm. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to catch him on this. And that one boat started off. And I think it was what, first cast? I caught one. And then you picked up a worm and caught one. Uh, we had probably 14 pounds in the first three casts of the day. <laughs> that was dumb. Because, like, well, no, no, no. I broke off my first cast today on yeah. a fish. Yeah. And then you caught like a four and a half. I caught like a four when I fi- finally retied. I think. I can't remember who caught the next one. Well, I think they they, did, they stopped biting for a minute, and then I one of us threw a drop shot in and caught one. And then, yeah. well, no, I know for a fact we had like fourteen pounds, which I called it. I said we had eight, but we had fourteen pounds of three fish. <laughs> because I mean, that one spot, dude. We like we basically won the tournament on. Besides the one fish you caught shallow. Yeah, I'm like in one inch of water swimming a worm by a dock. That bite was pretty sweet too. Skipped it way up underneath and just it's like it's the same thing. I've waited like two, three seconds. We should have filmed because I would like to see like we had some hook sets that day. Oh, and the the smallmouth I caught swimming the worm, that was stupid. Yeah, I was like, what? 
They started just jumping like crazy. I'm like, that's not a large mouth. That's like small brown one, brown one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we really need. We really do need to just film, regardless if we're going to post it publicly or not. Yeah, that's a that's a thing for people. Like if if you're an angler, especially nowadays, like if you're trying to one, you know, try to get more sponsors, or you're trying to grow your social media page, or like you're thinking you're going to grow a brand and you're not looking at content as one of your number one priorities, like obviously fishing is number one priority, but if, if, if content isn't your number two or three, you're going to fall behind the pack. To be honest, like it's, it's an unfortunate truth nowadays is like, there's very, 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 very little people that are able to do fishing full time without social media. I think guides have it the easiest in regards to not be able to do it without social media. Would you, would you defer to that? I feel so, like there's some traditional methods as a guide to get trips without social media. Yeah. So like a guide will have it easiest. Like somebody who's artificial like myself, I don't think has it very easy because we just don't, not everyone's going to book a trip with like somebody like me. Right. Like I, I put it out there that I'm artificial only catch and release targeting only bass. A lot of guides in the industry, especially around where I'm at, are multi-species and they go out and drag minnows, crayfish, mm. and they can go to a fishing show and be like, yeah, if you come out as a novice angler and you come out, you come fishing with me, we're going to catch sheephead bass, walleye, maybe a muskie, maybe a lake trout. Like the whole board is open because they just want to catch fish. Me, right. I'm straight all in on artificial only trying to target the biggest bass I can Everybody says you can't have a full-time bass charter here, like in Western New York Finger Lakes, and have enough trips to live on. And I feel like I'm getting to that point where I can do that without doing other things. But for the guides that do every species, it doesn't matter. They just take people fishing to catch fish. 100% they have an advantage because anybody can call them and be like, hey, I just want to go fishing and feel something tug at my line. I'm so specific that it's a little bit harder for myself to do it, but it's fun. I will yeah. I think one thing I was, I think I should have prepped, <coughs> excuse me. I should have prefaced was in regards to social media. I think as an angler trying to make it in the industry, fishing tournaments or on content alone, uh, obviously content creators that we will take them aside. But like when you take tournament anglers or, guides i think guides have it easier when it comes to making a living in the industry without social media because yes as an angler it's much harder to live off of tournaments than or guide trips are way different you're getting a guaranteed paycheck for the most part whereas if you're fishing tournaments you're not getting a guaranteed paycheck and, and don't get me wrong i love love tournament fishing i love the adrenaline of getting up at 2 a.m driving two hours being there before sunrise, watching the sun come over as I'm running 60, 70 miles an hour down the lake and trying to catch the five biggest bass I can. But if I get a phone call and somebody's like, hey, will you take me fishing today for what I charge, which is $500, or do I want to spend $300 to go fish a tournament and maybe come out 100 or 200 ahead? It's more, it makes more sense for me to guide that it does sufficient tournament around here at this moment, unless it's like a $500 entry tournament and we're fishing for bigger money. Cause then it's worth it to me. I'll take a week off to practice for that because if I'm going to win eight, nine, $10,000, why not? It's yeah. worth it. But I heard that, but um, 
Yeah, it's uh, you have to be able to create content. Like, I feel like that's the only way I'm going to continue to get business as an artificial bass only guide. Is that dad? Yep, dad's special guest. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. But um, yeah, you, I have to create content. I feel like the more content I put out there, the more likely I personally able I am able to grow my guide business on my personal page. So it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when you look at it, especially regardless nowadays, a tournament angler or guide, if you're if they're good with social media, you're gonna see a direct correlation in the increase of either guide trips or how well you, or not, I shouldn't say how well you do in tournaments because that's not a correlation. More of how much sponsor dollars come your way as a tournament angler. Like, I mean, nowadays, dude. Like, if you're trying to do tournaments, you need to be on social media in regards to getting sponsors. Like there's very seldom will you get a sponsor that's going to pay like a, a a sponsor that will commit to more than just a product deal and maybe a, a, a grand or two here and there if you're not heavy on social media. But then again, yeah. it comes back to you as well. I mean, this is this is a great business from the bass boat topic of like what maybe that sponsor is looking for in regards to their priority. Um I mean, who knows? I, I just think that uh, it's an interesting age we're in. That if you're not, I mean, I, I tell Andy and Deacon, and I got this, this. I didn't get this myself, but I was told this from somebody else, and I pass it along. Like, if you if you want to create content and you want to be good on social media, grow on social media, uh, and be a quote unquote content creator, like if you make long form content like YouTube. For every one video YouTube video you make, you should be able to get three or four short pieces of content from that specific video to put across all the other platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that jazz. But now we're diving into the weeds of being a content creator, yeah, but, which isn't a bad thing at all. But um, as we step back into like sponsorship talk, right? Like I think if you're not heavily on social media and being like a social media influencer, right? Like a content creator, the only chance you have at getting a high paying sponsor is one non-endemic because they just want the marketing on the side of your truck and boat or two, like your local mom and pop restaurant or construction company that you're close with because they, they just, they see you as a driving billboard. So like, yeah, I'll give you $5,000 to help front your tournament fees. As long as you drive your truck all over the region and state marketing, my construction company or restaurant. Mm -hmm. So they see it as a win because they're not really caring about the social media side. They're more worried about just having their name being recognized. Like, Whoa, what is that 21 foot rig with that awesome Toyota Tundra pulling it? That has a, mark and joe's construction company on the side right like yeah. so it, it's great billboard material but in return like a fishing sponsor an endemic sponsor they want content creation they want social media you ain't you're not going anywhere without it oh yeah i mean so like i mean a great example is that what you just described but like like say even you too like as a guide like a local guide and somebody that one's getting a lot of trip therefore gathering a little bit of clout you know something that people look to and they one you have you have two sides you have the angler side and you have your general average human being that sees you down the road or drives by your house that there's my eighth graders squeak um 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sees your boat wrap or something like that. It sees, hey, Duff's buffalo wings. Like, you know, like it's, I can see the advantage there of just having a boat wrap. But I feel like, I don't know. I think I'm biased in this. I'm thinking I'm heavily biased in that. I'd be curious. Okay, I'm going to put this as a poll out to people that are watching or listening in that when you see somebody's jersey or you see their boat wrap, do you look at the logos and then look up what some of the logos would be? Like, do you get intrigued by that? Do you look things up after you see them? Because for me, anyway, I don't know if maybe it's because I'm just, you know, uh, uh, desensitized. Is that the word? Desensitized. Desensitized. Yeah, is that what it is. Is that the word? Yeah, I would think uh, so. To so like see like the tournament scene in regards to I see so many boats, see so many jerseys, and I see all these different logos where it's like it doesn't. It I'm not, I'm not gonna make any sales because of a logo I see, regardless of where I see it. You know, I mean the only logo I think that turns me into sales uh, is hey Chick Fil A exit fifty six. Like that's about the only thing that <laughs> so, turns into sales for me. <laughs> And I'm gonna I'm not gonna rebuttal or anything, right? Like, but I'm gonna give you my opinion on it. So like it's more product recognition than it is direct sales. So like okay, well, we'll take wait. a Brandon Cobb, for example, right? He's got big Yozuri across him, if I'm getting this correct, or green fish. Yeah, so, you too last year. Yeah, so somebody sees that jersey at a tournament, right? Or they're watching on Bassmaster Live or FLW FLW tackle warehouse or bpt and they're watching them live and they see a logo a fishing lure logo on somebody's jersey or boat so now when they walk through your dick sporting goods or your cabela's or your bass pro or they're shopping online at omnia and they're like oh i was just watching this term i saw this big yozuri logo on brandon cobb's jersey now he sees yozuri or she sees yozuri in a store and they have product recognition to a pro so now they're like in their mind and i might be thinking too deeply into this but in their mind they're like oh that professional uses this lure maybe it's good i should buy one and try it and i think that's what the companies are trying to do is product recognition by paying people to slap a logo on their boat and jersey to make that product recognition. So they're like, oh, that professional angler, Kevin Van Dam loves striking jerk baits or striking lures. Why is Kevin Van Dam's name on the slasher jerk bait by Strike King? So now they're like, oh, I have to buy this because it's the best jerk bait because Kevin Van Dam's name is on it. So it's all product recognition. It's not just selling you something, it's making you think about the bait in the product when you walk through a store and then you buy it because they were talking about it or it was on somebody's jersey on TV. Okay, I'm going to rebuttal that and I'm going to say look at like Bassmaster weigh-ins, for example. Sure. Or, I mean, some people have in their jerseys too. When you see Ranger Boats, Ranger Boats does not need any more recognition, like brand recognition. They're it's not fair. They're well beyond that phase. I will say, though, I think the only thing that's still... I can see okay. I can see boat wraps and truck wraps because the amount of truck, the amount of miles that these guys put on is ridiculous, and the amount of people you run into that don't know what bass fishing is or don't know what those uh, fishing brand logos or non-endemic logos are. I, I can see that being worth it because there might be some people that see that because you don't see wrap trucks and boats uh, every day, especially mm-hmm. in certain parts of this country. Um, so I can see that being of value, um, but I think from a jersey standpoint. 
in my mind, I think you're hitting if if you're affecting anyone in regards to checking out what that logo is these days, it's a very small percentage of people that I think will churn over and at least go look at it. But I think if anything, what jerseys are still around for is because a brand wants to be associated with that angler. Like when you look at Rapala on Brandon Palahniuk, you're not being like, oh, what is Rapala? Everyone knows what freaking Rapala is. Even if you barely fish or don't know what fishing is, when you chances are you've probably seen the Rapala logo. You That's going to be different this year now that he's Megabass and not Rapala. True. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I said that. <laughs> like, people are, if people haven't saw like his announcement post or Megabass's announcement post, like when he walks across that stage wearing a Megabass jersey, like people are going to be like, what? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I feel like I got a feeling like he's he posted a little sneak peek and he might have like a camo wrap and everything this year, which would be interesting for BP. Yeah. But um, but regardless, what I'm trying to say is like I could still see a company paying a good amount of money, depending on the angler, like a Brandon, obviously, everyone wants to be associated with Brandon. But like. I feel like that's the only thing jerseys are doing now. Unless there's very specific like new companies out there, I can understand why you'd have that logo. Like uh like BMP fishing on his logo, his own logo on that or um who else has one? Like like Luke Palmer has his own logo as his main logo on his jersey. That's different. That's your own branding. That makes sense to me. But like I don't know. I, don't know, I guess it's a weird thing. But if you have a, if you if people have opposing viewpoints on this or points on this or of things we're missing, please either comment or send us a DM. This would be cool to do a part two. But well, it's better than them all having to wear standardized Bassmaster Major League Fishing jerseys. Could you imagine how silly that would look? That that'd be stupid as heck. Um, but <laughs> but I I guess I can understand though too. While while I I guess essentially I was bashing on jerseys for a second, but. I, it's way better than guys showing up in sun shirts. That's looking like it doesn't look like a much of a spectacle as versus these guys in these flashy jerseys yeah. with their well, last names on them. What's it's I guess a NASCAR effect, right? Like let's true. let's step outside of Bassmaster. It's a NASCAR effect. How many NASCAR flame retardant jerseys have logos all over them, even though you never see them wear those flame suits right like they're still all logoed up and i think that's where they went with because when they're walking from their truck in the pit crew area out to their car at the national anthem and they're all standing there before they get in you see them in their jersey which is usually just their main title sponsor maybe like stp or some other logos on it but like even their flame suits are logoed up and it's just like i go i step back again like my economic side of marketing it's all brand recognition. Like they just want their logo as many places as possible. Because if you see it, the human brain immediately associates the person that's wearing that brand on them to when they walk into a gas station, they're like, Oh, that is on that NASCAR. That is good for my motor. I need to put it in my motor. So I see that as the same way with fishing lures. Like, Kevin Van Dam uses striking. So striking is good. I need to buy it oh, among all other brands or Chris Eldane. When he was with Megabass, Chris Eldane is the best 110 fisherman. So I need to buy every single 110 that there is vision 110. Like, I think it's just all product recognition. 
in, in a company standpoint, Mike, right? Like just we need our logo as many places we can because the more people that see our logo, the more they're going to associate it with our product. When they walk through a store, they might pick it up on the shelf and buy it. Yeah, I can still I can still understand that to a sense, especially I feel like it's more targeted to your new consumer than anything else. Yeah, and but think about how much it works. So like Bassmaster Live, what was the one? I forgot what the one bait was that won a tournament. Oh, we'll take Hank Cherry, for example, right? At Lake Gunnersville. Stain Reaction, Mega Bass, Vision one time. He's not even sponsored by Mega Bass and wasn't sponsored by Mega Bass. He wins it on a one ton. What happens to one ton stain reaction OBs? You couldn't buy them for a year and a half mm-hmm. because everybody knew he won it with that jerk bait. But if you go to another classic, uh, I'm trying to think of like all the ones that have been won recently. Or, okay, Randy Howell, Lake Gunnersville, DT6, and Demon. Even though he was sponsored by Livingston but on Bassmaster Live, right? Like everybody knew it was a DT6 and Demon. It took like two years to buy another Demon DT6. Yeah. Like now it's probably one of your hottest baits, and especially in the spring. Yeah, well, Mike Iconelli, every time he catches one on a Rapala DT6 in his face and screams it, and you can hear it 2,000 miles across the country, mm-hmm. they all sell out in the next week. It's it's all product recognition. Dude, that's a, that's a whole different tangent. I don't understand the people that don't... Like Rapala DT6s because they break all the time? Well, that I'm one of those people, <laughs> even though I still throw them because they're good. Because they catch uh, fish, but... yeah. But no, the people that like are get so up in arms about Ike yelling. I love it. I absolutely I'm, love I'm it. here for it, man. I yeah. I think more emotion draws more eyes. Like if if we're if every anger that fishes just has straight face like and catches fish, every angler's like it, then people look at that, especially if we're talking about growing a sport. Yeah. I mean Everyone's like, "Oh, this must be boring. These guys must not enjoy it." Whereas, like with Ike, like people are like, "Dang, this guy's getting pumped up," which is probably why Ike's just a huge name, right? Well, everyone yeah. loves him, but it's—I don't know. I thought that I—I I don't know why that popped in my head, but it was actually funny today. We we're doing a, a shot with raising a bass type of thing, and I mean, like, I'm not gonna—we sh- won't sugarcoat it. Like, there's, there's, there's times where, like, when photos shoot, there's, there's a little bit of staging because you want to get the right picture. Where it's hard to get the right picture, like in real time every single time she's like well you know just kind of give the smile you know get some energy into it like when you lift the bass and i'm like i'm like so like like here or like mike iconelli like where do you want me at like that was my joke of the day today. <laughs> yeah like you want me to mike iconelli just like i'll do it if you want me to do it like, <laughs> they might hit they might hear me over in the other phosphorus pit but yeah that's know, right, that's right. <laughs> let's do it yeah. i'm all for it dude yeah. Uh, something I, I really admire is watching him uh, get his son Vegas into some of the content he's been doing, yeah. which I think is super cool because one, I think he's doing it uh, one for to assist in his kid getting some visibility, but two, I think what's cool that I believe he's doing it. I, I'd really love to get Mike on a show. Um, is one I think day. He's allowing his kid to get more comfortable on camera, which in the long run, if that's what he wants to do, like oh. professional fishing, uh, you that is you can't stamp a value on getting in front of the camera, being able to talk about a product, getting able to talk 
just fluently and not stutter and not like be able to get jammed up when you get a camera shoved in your face, which when you're a Mike Iconelli, everywhere you go, it seems like you get a camera jammed in your face. So I, I think it's super cool, man. I, I love watching those interesting dynamics in this industry. I'm a huge fan of that. I don't, a lot of people I think overlook it where it's, there's some things we really need to appreciate about fishing and these like long lines of generations. Like, yeah. I don't know. I might be building a dang dynasty over there where it's like, you got the Joneses, you got the, uh, the Johnstons, you got, who else? Who else am I missing? The Lanes. You got the, the Frasers. The whole Lane family. The Lane family. Yeah, Cal's coming up. We talked about in the last episode. Howells, Laker, and Howells. Randy. It's cool to see that dynamic, dude. It yeah. really is. Fred and uh, what's, what's Fred's son Jackson. on the kayak? Jackson on the kayak side. Like, yeah. it, it's good stuff. It is, it is good stuff. But no, I think like that's one thing that bass fishing in general is missing is like vibrant personality. Like, in today's game, you have Ike and Ellie, who's not on the backside of his career, but you know, who knows how long he's going to want to fish with everything that's going on, like behind the scenes with him, like the TV shows and Ike Live and everything else that he's involved in the charity tournaments, the kayak tournaments. Like that guy is stretched. But then you have guys like Fresh, like Matt Robertson, who is just a wild card you never know what's gonna happen on a live camera or on stage or rolling up in a pimp coat chugging beers or waters whatever he feels like doing the flavor of the day you have g-man and then you have a couple other like straight i'm not gonna call them outcasts but they're kind of like outcasts that the public doesn't see all the time and once they get a live camera on them they catch a giant like a brian new who just loses his mind and can't think straight and pulls all the fish out and starts sorting them out in his first ever bass master tournament like mm-hmm. you need i feel like the sh- bass bpt mpfl any professional high tier fishing league needs to show the raw emotion of the anglers more in order for the sport to grow well, I, I so there's there's that, but there's also Mercer had on Matt Robertson, and he said this line where he thinks it's not a matter of not having characters or personalities because, like we talked about this before a little bit before on the show, like I think Matt is one of the best things for the future of bass fishing right now, by far, because people like if you show up to a Bassmaster Classic and they talked about this on Mercer show, there is a line. To go and talk to Matt. There's people with Anam hats everywhere. There's mm-hmm. people with I guarantee you Anam there's Army. going to be tank Knox tops was gonna be nuts. <laughs> and and fake tattoos of what Matt had on his arm last year or two years ago yeah. Ava Roberts. Uh especially being in Knoxville. But they talked about it where it's like it's not I don't think it's a matter of we don't have enough personalities. I think they're there. Matt said it great in that uh essentially these people are too afraid to let their true colors show. Where they, I think they need to let loose a little bit and remember that you're not, you know, you're not LeBron that's on live television scoring the all-time scoring record with that many eyes on you. You're in bass fishing. There's a couple thousand probably watching you. Mm-hmm. Unless you're at the Classic. Then, obviously, there's way more than that. But, I mean, regardless, I think, well, I say, I, I say a few thousand now, which I should backtrack in regards to bass had a lot more viewers than that last year. But, like, when you look at the grand scheme of things, do you let your true color show and you know, you're not a, you know, a piece of crap, then what is the hurt and letting loose? Right. 
you know if and truly it's probably only going to benefit you because people will be able to resonate further with you through your true emotions have fun like life is too short to be a stick straight candid that's funny draw face just like are you ready to like draw down and have a shoot off like let's go like i get that point like like you catch a big one or you lose one like just let it out like People will I mean, resonate further with yeah. it. And they do do a good job. Some do, but like some are just like, yep, got to get the next one. I, I do understand some people, though, that, uh, that don't go crazy because, like, especially in a tournament scenario, you don't want people to know. I could totally oh, get that. Well, it's good to be reserved, but it's also good to show your true colors every once in a while. There's a fine line between doing both, and you can definitely pull it off. And true. just, and I'm just saying that, like, some people stay too reserved, even though you know they have this ex- like interior side of them that nobody else has seen. And then you have guys that are not reserved at all, and maybe they can tone it back a little bit and be a little bit more reserved. So there's there's definitely a fine line that we could all walk to be better, honestly. So yeah, I think this is a whole episode discussion. But uh, what I'm more curious to talk about. Being that I'm in Florida, uh, Lake Okeechobee, MLF, oh my tackle warehouse invitational, thirty-one pound bag today on day two, like big old bags. Well, he had fourteen on day one, thirty-one pounds on day two, and he's in second place. Yeah, Mister Joshua Weaver with uh, right behind by a one pound on the dot is Colby Shrump. Uh, Colby Shrump. 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 21 15 on day one and 25 6 on day two. Consistent. A, is it is it date? How many days are there? Is it a three day event or is it a four? I believe day? it's three day. I believe I could be wrong, but how about B Lat with a 7 13, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, he's on a spinning rod too. Woo. Good for him. I was watching it on day one. Like, it was pretty impressive. It's awesome. I, I haven't heard B-Lat's name in a while, so uh, it's I'm pumped because I've been a B-Lat fan for a while, ever since uh, he won his derb on, I believe, Seminal. Yeah, yeah, flipping. Yeah, that was a fun one. Flipping and throwing a trap on looks like Kurt Brace or something like that. He had a really good video on his YouTube channel. He's, he has a great YouTube channel. Um, but have you been able to watch any of the live coverage? No, I'm, I might try to stream a little bit tomorrow, but uh, I honestly like – I've been checking in on it. I've just been so dang busy around here trying to get ready for spring and running around like with my chicken with my head cut off for uh, selling our house, as we've talked about, and got to get that all ready. And yeah, it's just, it never ends. 6 a.m. till 11, 12 o'clock at night, just constantly moving. Always like, moving. The last few days, I've woken up so tired in the morning that I'm like, I haven't been this tired in a long time. I just want to sleep like another four or five hours yeah and i'm not even fishing much right now like that's the worst part when you go on those benders it is so like there's times where you like go three weeks and you just want to hibernate afterwards because you're so whooped but um but dude i I, so i watched a lot of live coverage yesterday of lake okeechobee and it was super cool in regards to how some guys are keying in on specific stuff because I think for a lot of people and a lot of anglers, when you look at Okeechobee and stuff they are fishing, you look at it and it's just like, 
where the heck do you start? Like everything looks good. Everything like it's just so overwhelming because one is just the lake has no damn contours. Mm-hmm. Like no Florida lake really has any contour besides maybe like a, a, a couple lakes in the chains. But like, dude, it is wild to me where it's like a sea of cattails, a sea of grass, a sea of pads. And it's like, what do you differentiate with each other? Besides like, well, here's my thing. So I know how you differentiate, right? There's your bottom hardness, uh, depth change. Like even like a half foot depth change can be huge. Pad stems, that type of deal. If it's floating grass or if it's grass that's actually rooted, like, but how do you cover that much ground in practice? Like you see these guys that are running through like giant fields of pads. And it's like, how do you know where to run in practice? How do you know where to run in the derb? Like there's not like any like crazy boat lanes, like a normal, like, like Florida is wild to me. I don't know. It's weird, dude. Yeah. And then you see the guys like navigating like the, whatever they call them down there, like the STEM fields, right? Like, and they're running through them at like, I'm pad at like 40, 45 miles an hour. And they're literally just wide enough for a bass boat to go through. I'm like, not somebody's going to die. Yeah. I'm live. Somebody's going to die. <laughs> like, yeah, I just somebody is gone. Somebody's getting hurt. The reeds, yeah. reeds. Yeah, that's what it is. The big reeds. Mm-hmm. Well, reeds. dude, like people fishing that stuff, like it's sketchy. Yeah, oof, it's sketchy, but it's cool though. It's been cool to watch guys that are doing well, chatterbaiting, flipping, and then Bealat's over there, a little spinning rod, light line. You know, working them like they're big. Sanko always plays in Florida. Always, especially black and blue. Always, like if I went to Okeechobee, I, I think I would just skip the big lake. Honestly, I would just go have fun and flip in the rim canal all day, and just like, okay, I can go four miles that way and four miles back the other way, and I'm probably gonna catch five fish. Sign me up. <laughs> like after I will... today, I don't know if I'd go much anywhere else than where I went today. Yeah, to be quite honest. Um, although I'm hoping next week's gonna be fun. Because guys smoked them for a hair shade. Oh, there comes, there comes. Normally, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, first yawn of the night. We're gonna be wrapping up here soon. It's not too long of a show oh. for tonight, but I'm whooped, and I'm like, it's like I have today, and then this weekend we're gonna start practice for the Harris chain. First Hobie uh, BOS event. Chasing hardware starting for season two. Uh, excited to start filming that. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh god, like I'm tired after today. Like I just barely yeah, got you're out of fishing shape, out. bud. You should have got on the treadmill a little sooner. <laughs> it's hard to get on the treadmill in New York. We're frozen. Yeah, it's true. But the treadmill's inside or go to a gym. Oh, you call me fat? <laughs> no. I'm just it's saying okay, you're you endurance. I only got a few pounds this winter. <laughs> yeah, so have I, but it's bad. But um yeah, just you gotta get like a stationary bike for in the house so you can just sit there and ride. Get used to pedaling. No, I I got back on a uh, this body weight deal of because like my body's so damaged from sports growing up that I'm back on like doing like body weight stuff. But I think the really the most important thing for me, especially as a kayak angler, that you're sitting most of the day, I am stretching every day. Mm-hmm. That is like so like underrated in like doing quality stretching that no one I think really talks about much. Uh, 
but also really what I'm trying to do is put, do a really good job this year of, uh, so I never like ate bad on the road. I mean, there's times where, you know, I stopped for Chick-fil-A or something like that. There's always the gas station snack every once in a while. Big old or bag of beef jerky for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, whatever that might be. <laughs> uh, but I, like on the road, I mean, like you follow or like the different tournaments I did where I camped last year, like it was peanut butter and bananas for breakfast and then peanut butter sandwiches for lunch and then peanut butter sandwiches for dinner. Like trying to make it as cheap as possible. That's the problem with that though. Yeah, but like mixing, you need some veggies. Yeah. Carrots, you know, like you don't need to be able to cook stuff to make your, to eat your veggies type of deal. So weird tangent right now, but uh, trying to do a little bit better with the health side to keep me energized Mm -hmm. this week. And, that is going to start this weekend, which I'm pumped, dude. I'm pumped to go try to figure out the Harris chain. First event of the year. Practice starts Saturday. It's nice to see the uh, lake be off limits for 21 days. So that's mm. pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. You're going to do fine. Go crack them up. We'll see. I mean, you know how I fish. So you know how I'm going to try and find them. We're not going to expose that right now. But I'm hoping uh, if I find them the way I do, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a cold front next week. Shocking. Mm, week. So, typical Florida, typical tournament time. Like, just kind of the way it Where goes. these MLF boys get beautiful sunny skies for three days on Okeechobee and just yeah. blast the Well, the weird thing about Okeechobee is, too, like, a lot of times when they get a cold front, it doesn't get all the way to Okeechobee. It's like Orlando, Tampa is, like, the cutoff. It'll be like... 55 in Orlando and they'll be like 81 in Miami down at Okeechobee. So I just feel like they don't get the crazy cold fronts like more Northern Florida does, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a cold front. Is it? It's going to be warm here next week in Buffalo. Let's see. Like we're talking mid forties next week in Buffalo, which is pretty nice. So Eustis, Florida, we have today 83. Uh, tomorrow 84 saturday 80 thunderstorms sunday high winds high of 66 low of 51 burr monday high of 68 low of 46 tuesday low of 43 high of 70 and then wednesday goes back up uh to 80 thursday 84 but <laughs> perfect timing saturday Friday, 52 Friday, the uh, 50 low of 52, high of 71. Saturday, low of 42, and high of 66. Beautiful, right for tournament day. Gotta love yeah. it. Yeah, it's usually how it goes. We'll, we'll be lucky to catch a fish before noon. Uh, we're gonna have to catch our limit in from and noon hope the wind clock. doesn't blow to where they cancel it like they will sometimes for bigger tournaments on those lakes. So, yeah, good luck. Yeah, they usually don't. For kayak tournaments, because kayaks can get out of it. Yeah, it's fair. But then you're all going to be packed into sardines in little areas. Yeah, but it's a little bit easier to be packed in sardines as kayaks versus packed like sardines in boats. It's true. Yeah, you have like an eighth of the circumference size. So something like that. Maybe maybe a sixth, depending on the kayak and the boat. <laughs> yeah. Well, regardless, I'm looking forward to trying to break that place down. Got a few days to do so. Looking forward to stay, kicking it with my buddy, Mr. Zach Hall, who I haven't seen in a long time. 
pretty much since I think Susquehanna River in July. So Zach and I talk all the time. So it's good to get back on the track with tournaments with him. Hopefully, the both of us can get back to the TOC this year. Uh, it should be pretty fun. Looking Do you know where that. the TOC is yet? They have not announced. Although, if you look on their website, the uh, location says Alaska. Huh. Interesting. I doubt it's in Alaska. That is the, yeah, pretty sure. They, I don't think there's a bass that exists in Alaska. If they, if there is a bass that exists in Alaska, it's been killed eight times over because they kill everything that's non-native. So, yeah. Yes, or it is, it is an ice cube. Yes. Yes. Uh, it depends on where you are. Juno has very like similar weather to Buffalo. Mm. So, well, they don't get as cold. Well, <laughs> sorry, let me reverse that. We don't get as cold as them. That's true. It's yeah. true. But in the summer times, they have 60s, 70s. Yeah. Bandy, coming up, uh, what uh, for people that want to catch some big smallmouth this spring, this summer? Where, uh, what dates, what, what, where can they find you? What's open? So, what is open? That is a good question because I feel like my dates are flying right now, like off the calendar. So, right now in May, I have the third, 9, 10, 11, 15 through the 19th, and the 24th of May. And then in June, it's more sporadic, but it's like one, two, five seven eight nine and then my next break is the 21st damn so and i have some dates filled in july and august so like we're we're getting there it's gonna be a fun year big smallmouth. somebody's gonna catch a seven pounder this year fingers crossed it's gonna be me yeah i hope so i'm gonna catch it i'm gonna catch it real good Yes. I'm gonna let out an Ike scream that freaking Cleveland can hear from Buffalo. <laughs> it is water. If it's a flat, calm day, it could happen. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Andy, anything coming up? Oh, well, I'll say this. Uh, last order of business that I have on my end for people tuning in. Uh, it, well, two things. New video popped up on Be the Fish for this week. If you guys can check that out, please do. Uh, caught some spotted bass on the famous Lake, Lake Hartwell. <laughs> that looked like fun it it was fun it was challenging but it was fun and it paid off i got it my pb spot um and then if you guys want any serious angler apparel mm-hmm. i know some people have been asking for it hats are almost in and they should be shipping here in a couple weeks uh, they're all richardson's they're nice hats a couple different colorways for serious angler and bits from the bass boat uh, if you guys want those or any hoodies shirts koozies water bottles thermoses coffee cans whatever the hell you want yeah uh, on the website down below seriousanglernetwork.com check it out would appreciate if you guys got yourself some apparel if you want to support this podcast further awesome yeah check it out it's good stuff i i look every day and i'm like i should really buy some soon but i i don't know why i haven't i just need to I'm full of excuses. We, we, can, we can get you a parallel, Andy. It's fine. I'd rather buy it, honestly, but that's oh, just the way. I am. Yeah. All right. Well, tell, tell the folks any news that you have coming up on whether you got stuff coming up on the YouTube channel or anything. YouTube else channel coming. until bass season kicks back up will probably be a bunch of steelhead films. I decided to finally start filming those. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of like ten to twenty fish days. Some big ones. A lot of. Not a lot of small ones, but the small ones. They all get loved because it's actually a really challenging fish. 
to catch and learn like proper technique and presentation to give them the bite. And that's what I do in my off time. Well, my down season is I guide for big, beautiful steelhead. Just posted a video a few days ago of some fish catches, some fish landings. It was fun. And we're going to mess around with that and try to make them a lot better. But then come summertime, there should be a lot more full of fishing content coming on the YouTube side. And if you want to go fishing for some giant smallmouth, don't hesitate to book a guide trip because we will have a riot. Hell yeah. Well, folks, we appreciate y'all as always. Uh, if you're listening, please leave us a rating review. If you're watching the show and you haven't already, please share the Serious Angle channel with your friends and like the video, subscribe to the channel. And uh, coming up on next Tuesday night live, actually, actually, this is very important. Uh, Monday. Monday. Monday night live. Yes. Monday night live. 8 p.m. Eastern, not Tuesday night live, which we're going to actually have. We're going to have Tuesday night live. Monday night live. Uh, is fantasy fishing Bassmaster at Lake Okeechobee? Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing is kicking off first show of the year. Good grief, I'm starting to cough. Oh, uh, yeah, fun. Uh, if you guys want to play fan- Bassmaster fan- Fantasy Fishing, if I can speak, uh, our group is down below in the show notes. Click on that, join it. We can uh, you can enter to win some prizes. We give away prizes at every fantasy fishing show. Hope you guys will come and tune in. Uh, we have a great crew this year, and again, Mister West Logan, who's on the Elite Series, is going to call in for about five ten minutes in the show, give you some insider information on what's going on with the lake, what's the vibe, what should you set as your weights, what what baits are, what things are going on. He's going to give us a scoop. So we're going to have an elite on for Talking Fantasy Fishing. So that's the deal. Come through. We'll hope to see you guys there. And uh, we will have Tuesday Night Live as well. So the Fantasy Fishing Weeks are be three episodes. So we're going to spoil you guys this year. Nice. And a business from the Bass Boat. So five episodes on the Serious Angler Network. for Technically six if you want to count Lure Lab too. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Four, yeah. No. Five. Three. Yeah, five. Yeah, five. You were right. He threw me off with the six. I mean, I'm not that smart, but I can math sometimes. I cannot math, and I'm not smart. So. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> so, but yeah. All right, folks. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>